0: Today's Word of Truth is going to be about how we handle the Word of God, how we study the Word of God, the things we get out of the Word of God. It's about just being careful with how we uh, interpret, I guess, the Word of God, about not reading in our thoughts or or our pet beliefs or our preferences or our traditions into the Word of God. And and just the warning that uh, Jesus gave us not to do that. And just uh, just the cautions about doing that, and just just proper ways, or just different ways, how the word of God is important, and how we need to reverence it, and make sure we are not inserting our own opinions or elevating our own thoughts to the same plane as the word of God. Uh, we're going to look at uh, start off looking at Mark chapter seven, starting in verse one. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault. They notice the Pharisees, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, oft eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Esaias prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, Ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou might Mightest be profited by me, he shall be free, and ye suffer him no more to do aught, for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. We discussing tradition, or discussing how we look at the word of God, how we reverence the word of God, the importance we place the word of God in and making sure it is the word of god we're actually going by in our churches and our in our family and our personal beliefs about the bible and not tradition or not how it's just been done or or just our preferences just make sure it's always the word of god that we're we're going by now charles Spurgeon said the keeping of human commands always leads to the neglect of the divine and it was in verse 9 it says full well jesus re- is rebuking them Hereby saying, in effect, are you not acting in a most self-righteous manner, a pious manner, by preferring human traditions to God's commandments? The guilt and foolishness of the scribes and Pharisees are exposed by this condemnation. It is a terribly sinful thing to put the traditions of men on a pedestal higher than the Word of God. It is a terribly sinful thing to establish rules of governance in a local assembly based just on traditions of men and not the Word of God. It is a terribly sinful thing to put in effect things that will alter men's futures and their capacity to serve God, all the while those things you're putting into place are based more into in the tradition of men than the Word of God. You need to always make sure in everything, everything we do, Everything we establish as a rule or of governance, that everything is based in God's Word. We need to research things out for ourselves. We need to dig deep into Scripture. Compare Scripture with Scripture. If we need to, just spend lots of time digging into Scripture, just to make sure we're getting the correct interpretation, the correct and we're drawing the correct conclusions and establishing the correct convictions for ourselves. We should not just rely on what we've always heard but we need to own our beliefs own our convictions own our standards own those things for ourselves do an exhaustive bible study on things make sure we know what we say we believe so we need to create the good habit of daily bible reading we either have good habits or we have bad habits if we've not developed the good habit of daily bible reading then we have developed the bad habit of not reading the bible daily you know many christians will meet god never having read through the word of god once wouldn't that be a shame to meet god to meet christ knowing everything that that was done for you all the sacrifice everything he did because he loved you and never having bothered to completely read his love letter to you or to establish any type of belief based on his word but just having gone by tradition. Well, we see what the Lord thought of people just going by tradition when we looked at Mark chapter 7. So here again in Mark chapter 7, this is Jesus teaching regarding tradition versus truth, or regarding going by tradition versus going by truth or going by his word. Jesus' ministry to this point here in Mark had been largely in the region of Galilee, uh, the seat of Judaism was Jerusalem at that time, and, and the word of his ministry had reached there. So, according to verse 1, "...came together unto him the Pharisees, and certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. They came to find out firsthand about Jesus of Nazareth. All of these things they've heard, they wanted to see it firsthand." Verse 2-3 says, "...when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault." This gives us insight into their attitude, into their heart condition. Because it says the scribes and Pharisees found fault. They were looking for fault. They were trying to find it. You know, one characteristic of a Pharisee, back then and even today, what we'd consider someone Pharisaical, is a critical spirit. They look for fault. They find fault. Now Jesus took them to task over this over this. Fault finding, but he never took them to task over their doctrinal position. They were orthodox. They were conservative. But they had a major problem. They had a critical spirit. They sought to find fault. They were hypocritical in their daily life. Now verse 3 says, For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, oft eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. The key problem found here is the tradition of the elders, or holding the tradition of the elders. They had let these traditions develop over time, and and where they went by the tradition, put it on the same level as God's word, or even higher than God's word. Verse 4-5 to says, When they came from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many of the things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. One of the interests, or the interest of the focus here, The Pharisees is upon the external, external purity, have a look of purity. Or you can apply that today. There are those with Pharisaical attitudes in churches where everything has to look the part. It has to look pure. But There's rules to keep, traditions to keep so we can appear pious. We can appear pure. We can appear as good Christians. But in turn, they're elevating rules. They're elevating tradition above God's word. And Jesus strongly condemns that. Verse 5, the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? They didn't ask him, Why aren't they going by God's word? Why aren't they going by the law? Why aren't you going by these traditions? Why aren't you following these man-made traditions and rules? That was what was most important to them, to look. To have the look of being a good Jew, or, the, or today the look of being a good Christian. And answer Jesus said answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Those of the Pharisaical attitude, their heart is far from Jesus. They honor them honor him with their lips, but their heart is far from them. Uh, verse seven How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men? This was strongly, Jesus strongly condemned them here. Teaching for doctrines. The commandments of men, elevating tradition. Elevating man's thoughts to the level of God's word. Verse 8 to 9, for laying aside the commandment of God, he hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. Jesus charged these religious leaders here with disregarding the commandments of God. It says, laying aside the commandment of God and focused on their interpretation of things, focused on what they thought was important, focused on what they thought was godly, what they thought was according to God's word. They laid aside the commandment of God. Laying aside the command of God, ye hold the tradition of men. A number of Christians today, or a number of churches today, are guilty, I would say, of, of doing something similar. They're laying aside the teaching of God, laying aside the Bible, laying aside what the God's word says about things, so they can keep the commandments of men or hold the tradition of men. They're elevating traditional thinking above God's word. Now verse 9 continues, but full well ye reject the command of God that ye may keep your own tradition. Now Jesus levels some serious charges here. It is one thing to ignore God's word. It is another to reject God's word. What they replaced Scripture with was the observance of their own tradition. And Jesus strongly condemned against replacing the clear teaching of Scripture with the observance of tradition. Now, we need to be careful not to do that. Now, we may think that tradition sounds awful pious. It sounds awful conservative. It sounds orthodox. It sounds like the conservative position to take. But are we elevating tradition over Scripture? You need to be careful not to do that. These rabbinical traditions traditions have been given the rank of Scripture. And that had taken place in that time. And much of this is taking place in our time as well. Verse 13 says, Making the word of God of none effect through their tradition, which ye have delivered and many such like things ye do. Now the word translated here as none effect has a sense of null and void. They effectively nullified the Word of God by their religious traditions. They nullified what the Word of God meant, what the writers of the Word of God were trying to tell them. They nullified it by their tradition. Now Jesus implied that was not their only problem. He said many other such like things you do. They, they had allowed the, the practice of tradition or elevating tradition to nullify the Word of God. They had ignored the Word of God. They had set aside the Word of God just so they could keep those traditions. That's why we need to make sure we're studying the Word of God properly. We're hearing to the Word of God. We're elevating the importance of the Word of God. And to make sure that we, whatever we believe, whatever our churches believe, that we are going by what the Bible says on the subject. Not what tradition says, not what sounds conservative, but what does God's Word actually teach on that subject. That's what we need to make sure we are going by. So, why is God's word so important? Why is it so important to get it right? It's so important because it contains God's mind and will for our life. Because it is the only source of absolute truth in the entire world. And because it is the divine authority for our life. 2 Timothy three sixteen 16-17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God inspired men of old with the Holy Spirit from time to time, influencing them to speak or to write His will to men. Second Peter one twenty to 20-21 Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved, by the Holy Ghost. God's word is infallible in in its entirety. Psalm 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The written word of God is perfect for our faith and practice. It is perfect in making all who follow it wise unto salvation. It is perfect to trust. It is perfect to accept. And it is perfect in its demonstration of the atonement the righteousness, and the intercession of Christ on behalf of men. We've got to get what the Bible says right. We've got to get it right. We can't put our tradition above it. We've got to get it right. It's too important. And the Bible is inerrant in its parts. Proverbs 30, 5-6 Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto His words, lest He reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Don't add to His words by adding tradition to it or a traditional thought to it. God's words contains no error. It contains no error. It contains no mistakes. There are erroneous versions of the Bible out there, but God has preserved His Word for English-speaking people in our King James Bible. It's His Word. We've got to be careful to promote His Word, to go by His Word, to let His Word govern our lives, to let His Word govern our churches, not what we think, not tradition of men. Adam Clark, speaking about these verses in Proverbs, said, Everything that God has pronounced, every inspiration which the prophets have received, is pure, without mixture of error, without dross. And God's word is complete. Revelation 22, 18-19 For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city. And from these things which are written in this book, God's word is complete. We do not need to add man's tradition to it. We do not need to add man's traditional thinking or traditional belief on on a subject or what a verse says to God's word. God's word is complete. And we're actually strongly encouraged and strongly warned not to add that to it. Jesus condemns it strongly in Mark chapter 7. Here we see in Revelation 22, we're being told, do not add to the word of God. These verses here in Revelation 22 are a solemn warning to those who would seek to tamper with or to alter the word of God. It is a dire condemnation to them to proclaim. It is proclaimed in these verses that if they add to or take away from the words of Holy Scripture. God's word is authoritative and final. Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Although things may happen on earth that go contrary to his word, in heaven it is firmly settled and kept pure for eternity. God's word is totally sufficient for our needs. Psalm 19:7-9. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is pure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The law of the Lord is perfect. We do not need to add anything to it. God's word is perfect. It is complete. We need to go by it, live by it, abide by it. So, the goal we need to have a goal of comprehension when we're studying the word of God. We need to more than just do topical studies, we need to, to, to study deep. We need to look up relevant passages. We need to study, we need to compare scripture with scripture. If there's a passage in the Word of God that, that maybe we think we know what it means, but perhaps other people believe something completely different. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not right. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Pray for the Holy Spirit to enlighten you. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Do a study on it. Study it out. Take time. Don't do a quick judgment. Study it out. Take time. Learn what the Bible says and own it. Own it for yourself. Own what the Bible says for yourself. Psalm 119, says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. We can trust God's word. A.W. Tozer said, The word of God, well understood and religiously obeyed, is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. And we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. We can't pull scripture out of, out of context, or we can't just use one scripture To say, this is what the Bible says on the subject. You have to compare scripture to scripture. You have to look at what the Bible says as a whole on that issue, or as a whole on that subject, or or as a whole on that question. Then that is how you can know what the Bible says on that subject. You need to study and learn, both privately and publicly at church. You need to come to to church, come to, to Bible study. The Bible warns us on this subject. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. We need to study it. We need to to go to the public worship services, public Bible studies. studies. We need to study privately. We need to seek to comprehend what the Bible truly says. For we are strongly warned by Christ to not elevate traditional thinking or traditional beliefs above what the Bible says. So we need to learn to look for a biblical view on issues. We need to learn to look for a biblical view, not just the traditional view. Now, beginning of this word of truth, we, we looked at Mark and where Jesus strongly condemned the Pharisees for ignoring or just outright getting rid of God's word and promoting tradition, promoting rabbinical thinking and rabbinical tradition above the word of God and going by that instead of going by God's word. Then we talked for briefly about how important God's word is, how we need to make sure it, it is the it is what we are living by, what we are going by. It's such an important, infallible, perfect word of God. We should not add to it, we should not take away from it. so now let's just wrap this up with a few thoughts on the need to look for the biblical view on issues and not just not just the traditional view titus one nine says, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Notice the verse says by sound doctrine, not the tradition of men not." what the church always says, not what we've always been taught by sound doctrine, not the tradition of men, not by well thought out opinions, but by well thought out research and studied reasoning based on God's word and God's word alone. We always need to be thinking toward a biblical view and not just a traditional view. Mark again, chapter 7, verse 8 says, For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men. Verse 13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. To get a proper view of any subject, we must take into account both God's terrible holiness and his gracious forgiveness in view of the sinfulness of man. To find the biblical position on issues, we must approach scriptures open-mindedly. We all have a tendency to believe what we've always heard, what we've always been taught, without looking at those views scripturally, without uh, seeing how they line up with scripture. We've always heard it. We just believe it. The person who desires to know God's mind must always come to the Word with a pure heart and an open mind, leaving prejudices and preconceived ideas behind. What is most important is that we find out what God's Word says, Not what our traditions or culture say. What is most important is that we find out what God's Word says and not justify and not try to twist Scripture to justify what we believe, but find out what God's Word says. Then we alter our beliefs to line up with God's Word. We also need to look at all of the Scripture as a whole on a subject. We cannot just rely on those verses which support our cherished positions. That is how we so often argue Scripture. For a view to be biblical, it must fit every scriptural text into view, without denying or doing interpretive violence to any position. Scripture must agree with Scripture. And if you hold a position where you have one Scripture, but it seems to disagree with several other Scriptures, maybe you're misinterpreting that Scripture. Because Scripture must agree with Scripture. In in word for word and also in principle, Scripture must agree with Scripture. And then we need to look at each scripture in its context. The context of a passage will never change the meaning of a verse, but it will clarify the meaning of a verse. Each text must be studied on its own, faithfully understanding it in its context. Then we seek to put all the verses together into a unified and consistent whole. If the Bible is God's word, then every verse's clear meaning will fit just like a puzzle piece perfectly in the whole of his word. Let me say that again. If the Bible is God's word, and it is, then every verse's clear meaning will fit together with every other verse that speaks on that subject. Just like a giant puzzle, all the pieces will fit perfectly together in the whole of his word. If you find out in your your view or your interpretation or how you're trying to fit these puzzle pieces together, you just need to keep a couple of pieces out because it just doesn't seem to line up with your position on the verse or You think, well, this is the conservative, orthodox, traditional position. This has to be right. These verses don't seem to line up. I'll just keep these puzzle pieces out of my puzzle and and I'll go with what's left. If the Bible is God's word, then every verse's clear meaning must fit just like a puzzle piece perfectly together in the whole of his word. Dr. C.I. Schofield had a great thought on the proper interpretation of scripture. He said, never use a doubtful or obscure passage to contradict a clear and positive one, and never use an if to contradict a verily. We need to seek biblical answers, not just traditional answers, not just good-sounding answers, not just what would appear to be biblical answers, but we must to seek to actually examine the scriptures for what they truly and actually say. Scripture cannot contradict scripture. And remember and keep at the forefront of our mind that our Lord strongly condemns placing man's tradition above his word we need to learn to always make sure the position that we are taking or the stand that we are making on an issue is based on God's word and God's word alone and not man's tradition mark seven six to eight again in verse 13 he answered and said unto them well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites as it is written this people honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me howbeit in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the command of God, ye hold the tradition of men, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things ye do. So what should be my response to the word of God? Because the Bible is so important to us. Because it is so important to learn. It's so important to heed its teachings and truths and go by its teachings and truths. In not man's tradition. The Bible teaches us that our response to it should consist of the following We should believe it. John chapter six, sixty eight to sixty nine. Then said Simon Peter, Answered him, Lord to whom shall we go? And hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are assured that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. We need to believe the Bible. We need to believe the clear teachings of the Bible. Believe we don't need to correct it or add to it or add tradition to it or Ignore a few of those puzzle pieces to make everything fit the way we think it should fit. need to believe it. Number two, we need to honor it. Job 23.12 Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Are we honoring the word of God? Number three, we need to love it. Psalm 119.97 Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Do we love God's word? Do we meditate on it? Think about it. Next, we need to obey it. 1 John 2 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. Are we obeying the word of God? Or are we just keeping certain parts of it? Or are we keeping his word, all his word? We need to guard it. 1 Timothy 6:20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. We need to guard it. We need to be guarding the Word of God and not being flippant about it. But sincerely thankful we have such easy access to it as we do. Guard the Word of God. Guard what it teaches. Guard it from the tradition of men. Guard it from traditional thinking. Guard the Word of God. Next, we need to fight for it. Jude 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Sometimes, now it seems more often than not, we will need to take a stand and fight for what we believe the word of God teaches. If the world comes into conflict with God's word, if the church and their traditional teaching or thinking on an issue or a subject comes into conflict with God's word, The Bible makes it clear what we are to do. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29 Fight for the word of God. Stand for it. We need to study and teach it. Ezra 7.10 For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. This is something we all need to be doing. We all need to diligently study the Word of God. Own our beliefs for ourselves. Don't just go by what's always been taught. Don't just believe all the traditional teaching. Own it. Study it. Learn it. And once you own it, you study it, you learn it, seek to teach and share it with others. For the person willing to study the Bible carefully, there is great reward. The Bible is the source of absolute truth. It is the source of victory. It is the source of spiritual growth. It is the source of power. It is the source of guidance. In God's word, a genuine Christian may have unlimited confidence. We can wash our minds and our souls by the studying of and the meditating on and the praying over the word of God. The word of God is of extreme importance in our life. The word of God is essential to the cleansing of our soul, minds, and spirits and the proper interpretation of the word of God, knowing what the word of God actually says on the subject. Comparing scripture with scripture, not elevating well how we've always done and how it's always been taught or tradition over what God's word actually says. Comparing scripture with scripture, getting all those puzzle pieces, all those verses to fit together perfectly, to agree in harmony. Then you know you're believing what's right on that issue. If you're having to ignore a few things, you may be on the wrong side. You may have the wrong interpretation of what that Bible's trying to teach in that area. We need to make sure we're comparing Scripture with Scripture, examine all the verses together, and they all have to fit together perfectly as a whole in order for us to get the right interpretation. And when they do, we can be sure we have it. And when they don't, or we're struggling to make it work, or we're having to ignore this and that, or, or maybe stretch this a little bit, maybe we could be wrong on that issue. We need to make sure we are always living by the Word of God, always seeking to live by the Word of God, and not just what we've always been taught, not just, always, tradition. We need to honor the Word of God. We need to love the Word of God. We need to obey it when necessary, be willing to fight for it when necessary, whether that's against the world or against Christians uh, misinterpreting or even taking heretical stances on things. We need to be able to fight for the Word of God when necessary. And Most importantly, we need to be sharing it with others. We need to be witnessing from it to others in order to bring more into the household of faith. What are you doing with the Word of God? Are you neglecting it? Are you not honoring its teachings? Do you need to recommit yourself to God and His Word? Do you need to put God's Word back into the proper place in your life? Make that decision and make that commitment to God to make His Word paramount in your life and make sure you're living by His Word and not just what you've always been taught. Own those teachings, study them out, learn them for yourself, study the scripture, compare scripture with scripture, study those, those positions out and own them for yourself.